Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Shoot, 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 shoot. That's a shoot, let's go. <laughs> That's pretty good. I love Very it. well done. I, I half expected to see Yosemite Sam in that graphic at some point. Is it Yosemite Sam? Anyway, we're you're in funny. the top half of the... And we're into the, I don't know what you're talking about. We're into the top half of the 2020 preseason power rankings. Is that that should be our new theme music? I like that. I do too. Very ominous. Perfect for Philip. I like Rivers. a good western. Oh, I love a good western. Shoot, shoot. All we need is the bolo tie on the uh, number 17 jersey. So, in like, blue and white. What's as your he favorite his western? With the Indianapolis Colts. Like, what's what's when you think western? Like, what do you what do you go to? I don't like the old Westerns, the Clint Eastwood Westerns. If you go back and watch those, those are incredibly disappointing. I, I'm a big fan of 310 to Yuma. Oh, I'm, the, I'm the, with you. The, the new more one. Recent one. Right. The more recent one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That movie's awesome. It that is. That movie is awesome. I just watched it again recently. I like Unforgiven, the Eastwood movie that won sure. every Oscar in 1994, I think it was. That yep. was well done. Uh, uh, it is... is, is uh, What's the movie, the Tarantino movie? Is that really oh, a Western, The Hateful mean, Eight? Does I think that count it is as a, a Western? Bit. I think it classifies. It's a little modern-day twist yeah. there, but I, I think it is. I like yeah. it. Okay, good. I'm with too, you on A little too to gratuitous Yuma. in multiple ways, but that's the way most Tarantino movies are, especially when it comes to the violence and the language. But uh, 310 <laughs> yeah. to Yuma, I think if I, had to, if I had to pick one, it would be that, the, the remake, not because the, there is an original that's floating around out there that I've never seen. Maybe, hey, hey, maybe the original's better for all I know. And now we've got the original Philip Rivers in a new city, new team, new uniform. God, who would have ever dreamed a year ago, August 13, we'd be talking about Philip Rivers as the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. But it was August 24 of 2019 when the bomb was dropped on Indianapolis and the rest of the NFL with Andrew Luck retiring out of the blue. So now it's Philip Rivers. The Colts now right there at the bottom of the top half, a team that I think a lot of people – 
may just be uncertain about. I'm uncertain about them. Sure. I've got them higher than the Texans, the, the defending champions in the division, but I still don't know which way they're going to go. I think that's why middle is good for them. They could go up. They could go down, but they're probably not going to be 16 when it's all said and done, Chris. No, I, I don't think so either. And, you know, I think if you ask me right now, I'd expect them to go up just to just sit in here, you know, in early or mid-August, whatever we're talking about here. Hey, last year was tough. Of course it was. I mean, they lost one of the 10 best players in football right before the season was going to start. So that's going to throw a little wrench into your franchise and, and, and how things go that way. Um, so, you know, uh, you, we, we have to remember that. But replacing Andrew Luck, getting a Phillip Rivers, who we know can do some really awesome things still. We hope he doesn't do some of the bad things is what we're, you know, hoping doesn't happen to the Indianapolis Colts and, and, and Phillip Rivers with the careless interceptions we saw. But, man, I mean, Mike, I look at the Colts and go, you know, my big thing was, wow, Chris Ballard. You know, Frank Reich, they have done an unbelievable job building that roster. There is great depth. There's a lot of under-the-radar talent. To me, the one thing they have missed is difference-making playmakers on both sides of the ball, and they kind of addressed that this offseason to where I go, ooh, now I'm very bullish on the Colts. You know, hey, who's the guy that was going to make a play at the end of a football game or in a big moment? I don't know who it was, but now they got DeForest Buckner. I can promise you he'll show up in some of those moments, no doubt about it. You know, offensive side of the ball, hey, they had T.Y. Hilton. But if he was hurt, you were like, damn, who that? what the hell were the Colts going to do on offense? You know, what are they going to do? Now they've addressed it. Got Michael Pittman Jr., stud at a USC wide receiver. Could have been a first-round pick. Then, you know, they get the running back, uh, Jonathan Taylor, out of Wisconsin, home run hitter. And then you add that with Phillip Rivers and his ability to push the ball down the field and be aggressive that way. I think it kind of changes the dynamic of their football team a little bit. And, you know, Mike, I, I'm with you. I think they're a dangerous team, certainly, and uh, in a tough division. But I won't be shocked if they're in the playoffs when all said and done. And we can rattle off player after player after player, but it all comes down to the quarterback, the most important position on any football team. Phillip Rivers had 32 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions in 2018. Last year, it was 23 TD, 20 INT. And I think the thing that influences me more than anything else, and I freely admit it, I'm probably putting too much emphasis on it, but when I see back-to-back primetime games yeah. with a total of seven interceptions thrown by Philip Rivers, and we get to watch that throwing motion again and again and again, and that arm is just not what it used to be, at least when he's throwing it to the other team. It, you, you get that into your brain, and you can't get rid of it. The only way to get rid of it is to get him back in a couple of primetime games where he has seven touchdown passes yeah, right. in two games, not seven interceptions. Chris, which Phillip Rivers are the Colts going to get? Yeah, I, well, he played on the edge last year and didn't necessarily need to do that because they had a defense that could have kept him in football games. And you're right, those those end-of-the-game interceptions in primetime and things like we talked about, you, you just mentioned, I mean, yeah, they're in our brain. They definitely are, let alone there's a handful of games where he started off the game being careless with the football and put them in the hole to where it was hard for them to come back. So, you know, yes, I don't know what Phillip Rivers we're going to see. The one thing I think that Frank Reich will beat into his brain is you don't have to do it all yourself. We have an unbelievable offensive line, maybe the best in football. Frank Reich will stay patient with the run game. And then what I really think is sneaky about this team, if they got a T.Y. Hilton healthy, Paris Campbell from the 2019 draft at Ohio State, 
A guy that has a rocket up his butt, Mike. I mean, a guy that can catch a screen pass and go 80 yards down the sideline like we saw him do against Michigan his senior year or junior year in college. And then with Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor, I just look at that to go, damn, you got that skill set with that offensive line. They can do some special things, and hopefully he won't have to push the envelope of I need to make a play for my team and do that. And I think they should be sitting pretty when all said and done if he can play, you know, the position true to form. Horseshoe on his helmet, rock it up his butt. That's Paris Campbell. <laughs> Let me jump ahead here on the outline. Since you mentioned Paris Campbell, who led the Colts in receiving yards last year, Chris? Oh, man. That is a real – I was – hmm. Is it, is it Zach Pascal? I mean, am I, am I – I don't even know, but I'm, I'm – I'm going to go with that. You, 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 are, you are correct, and I'm going to assume that when Pete Demolaitis pressed the button to tell it to me, he accidentally pressed the button to tell it to you as well. No way. Um, no way. I live this crap, and I don't even need to look at stats. I just okay. go through my Rolodex in my brain and go, damn, I remember watching film a lot and him catching right. a lot of passes. <laughs> How many yards did he have? Oh. Smart uh, guy. Yeah. I'm not, I know he didn't have – I know he didn't have 1,000. At least I'm hoping he does. I'm going to say it was like seven – 748, 755, anywhere in there? Now, if this was the price is right, you would be you would be gone, but it was 607. So that's close enough. Okay. We're not going to go Bob Barker Thank rules you. here. You can be over by a little bit. That's Thanks. impressive. All right. Also impressive, the wall that they have built in Indianapolis, yeah. that big blue wall, anchored by Quentin Nelson, who has been a godsend for that unit in his two years in the NFL. Do you have or do you prefer if you're a quarterback? to have that kind of a line or would you rather have the kind of weapons that a Tom Brady walked into in Tampa Bay? Oh, it is. It's, it's tough, but I would say I'd rather have the line. I would. And then, and, and that's not easy to say as a quarterback, but you know, there's, there's ways to make receivers and skill guys look a little bit better than they are through scheme and play design and things like that. You know, if you don't have blocking up front, a little bit of a run game to scare people and pass, you know, time and pass protection and things like that, it's hard to do anything on the offensive side of the ball. So as much as I love great receivers and all that, I think I would take the offensive line. And here's the thing. If you have a great offensive line, what happens is your receivers who – previously weren't all that great exactly. become great exactly they start catching a lot of passes and generating all yards and we start talking about them and we have an elevated impression of how good they are because the quarterback has all unlimited day. time exactly to, and they have time to get open and he's got time to find them and that's why offensive linemen never get enough credit because when the offensive line is working to perfection You've got plenty of other guys that get pumped up with their stats, with their profile, with everything, with their salaries. And, uh, yeah, that, that great line leads to great skill position players. So I, yeah. Even though Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I know, Gronk, and, I, know. I still agree with you because we'll be rattling off the Colts receivers and tight ends with that same reverence next year if Phillip Rivers can find them. Uh, given the benefit of the time that he's he's going to – I mean, look, I, nothing against the Chargers' offensive line over the last 16 years, but I don't think he's had an offensive line as good as the one he's about to be no. lining up behind. No, him. not even close. And especially, you know, the last two years, especially last year. I mean, last year it was one of the more poor offensive lines in all of football out there with the Chargers. And I think that led to him trying to do too much at times, maybe hold the ball a little longer than he should with that group around him, all of that. But, Mike, like, I think you're spot on. 
you know, with what you're saying. Think about it. a guy like T.Y. Hilton. Oh, we want to run like a long developing route, right? A post corner, run straight for 12 yards, post it for another six yards, you know, to 18 yards total. Now come back out of the corner route at that 18, 19 yard mark and run, you know, to a high angle, 25, 30 yards down the field. You know, that's great. He could burn people all day. You got crappy offensive line protection. Quarterback's never going to have time to see you come out of those breaks or get open. Now, you go vice versa there and go, oh, the quarterback has time. Yeah, of course, now, now T.Y. Hilton can sell those routes. But even when you have time and the defense covers it well, right? Now, oh, an extra pat on the ball. T.Y. Hilton comes out of the break. He realizes, ooh, I'm kind of in a bad spot. They got me covered. Let me adjust. I see my quarterback still sitting there in the pocket. And then, bam, it ends up being a 20-yard completion. And we don't even, like you said, we don't even care. We don't even go, oh, oh T.Y. Hilton didn't get open. You know, we just go, hey, great job by them. They got it done. So, yeah, the Colts are, you know, I, I guess another one of those teams, Mike, I'm going to throw in there. You know, we, we've talked about the Browns, the Chargers. You know, I think the Rams, I'm missing another team in there that we've gone over recently to where I go, didn't make the playoffs last year, but would be a prime candidate for one of those teams to say, here's the turnover here in 2020, and they're a part of the playoffs this year. I, I would think they're towards the top of the list in that combo. Well, I think the Falcons were another team that yes, we would have right. put in that category exactly as right. well, Thank finishing you. six and two. And and remember, and look, we we I don't think we can fully grasp this yet because we've never lived through a season with seven playoff spots per conference. But we will see what it means to have that one extra spot and how many other teams are going to be in play. For that spot they're going to be playoff contenders that's why there wasn't a single coach that was against expanding to seven because you know if the mandate is playoffs or else you got one more shot to get to the playoffs and if the mandate is playoff contention pretty much everybody's going to be in contention except a couple of teams when we get into the middle of december best case worst case for the indianapolis colts chris in 2020 Ooh. Best case is they they're they can win the division. I, I I won't you know if we're sitting here at the end of December and we go, oh, the Colts won the division. They were twelve and four and eleven five. Or I, I think that could be the best case scenario. I, I don't think that's crazy. Worst case, I, I just can't see the wheels falling off this team. There's too much talent and depth on the team to where even if they had a few bad injuries, they got enough players behind it to still be respectable. So I'm going to say worst case is like seven and nine. You know, I don't think it can get any worse than that with the coaching staff, the guys they got on the team, and now Phillip Rivers. I, I feel confident in that. Well, and look, the wheels fell off last year in a way that no one could have anticipated with Andrew Luck retiring. Right. I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to retire on August 24 of this year. Worst case in my mind would be something in the range of six or seven wins, but yeah. I'm with you. I think they're more likely to be good. They're more likely to be above 500, and the best case would be kind of a, hey, everything has lined up just perfectly this year. Phillip Rivers has a career rebirth in Indianapolis, and – you know, they go 12 and four and they're in roundabout rough contention for one of the top two yeah, seeds. Right. Although, as we talked about yesterday, only the top seed matters this year because no one else gets a buy. But uh, hey, I yeah, get ready because that AFC South is going to be fascinating this year. The Titans were a final four team last year and they're they're like an afterthought when we focus on the Colts and the Texans in that division. But the Titans still not revealed on the 
preseason power rankings. They will be coming at some point in the top half of the list. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, we've got a draft today inspired by an effort by ESPN to get Sean McVay to go to Monday Night Football. Who would we most want to watch an NFL game with from the NFL universe? We'll draft that next on PFT Live. Yeah, what the f- Fill up. You got to get off the internet right now. Both of <laughs> you guys. Phillip. I need everybody Phillip. off the computer. Philip. I think some mornings Chris Sims' son gets up and plays video games and and eats into the bandwidth, and I think that's part of the problem. Philip. Philip. Are we sure it's not Chris getting up and playing those games? <laughs> Happy birthday, young Philip Sims, 10 years old, Chris, which means you are quite old Man, to have a, a kid who's in double digits. You should hang your head in shame. My kid's 23. So anyway, happy birthday to young Philip. Thank you. Little Phil, yep, 10 years old. I have no more kids that are single digit ages. It's just sad. It really is. I mean, my little girl, 14, him, 10. Uh, what? What do you want to say? I just had a thought. You referred to him as little Phil. And we know what you call Big Phil. Surely you don't call Little Phil the flip side of what you call Big Phil. The little effer? That's he's branded for life. He's the little effer. That's right. <laughs> you know. And you know I you know I would have loved to have made him Phil Jr., but as I've always told you, my dad's initials are PMS, and I just couldn't do that to my son. So he went we went with PWS there. We flipped the M to a W. Uh, so uh, I can't make him that way, but nonetheless, uh, happy birthday, my little boy. Jeez, crazy. All right, I got a, I got a question. Happy birthday, happy birthday, Philip. All right, the draft. Let's make sure everybody understands what we're doing here. NFL figure you'd want to watch a game with in honor of reports that Sean McVay was courted by Monday Night Football for this year. Ask me the question, Chris, to determine pick number one. All right, Rodney Harrison, who you sit next to every Sunday is one of only two members in the history of the NFL of the 30-30 club. 30 sacks, 30 interception. Who is the other member of the 30-30 club? Jameis Winston doesn't count. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Nope. Thanks. 30 career sacks, 30 career interceptions. I would say it's your former teammate, Rondé Barber. Ooh, good guess, but it is not. Uh, that hit, hit. Wow! I know. I know. Uh, it is a Ray Lewis. One Ray Lewis. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. How in the hell did he have 30 interceptions? Yep. Rondé was in the 2020 club. I know that. Something. Uh, so it's pretty special. I think he ended up with 28 sacks, so he right. just missed out. All right. So first pick. Here we go. Go, go ahead. Take the pick. I know who you're going to take. Go ahead. Who do you go think ahead. I'm going to take? No, just tell me who you think I'm going to take. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You take it. You take it. I'm taking Just Andy Reid. I'm taking Andy Reid. Wow. Didn't expect that, huh? Wow. No. Yeah. I mean, come on. Andy Reid watching a football game with? First off, you know we're going to have a spread. Like, the food is going to be a plentiful, right? <laughs> but he's going to eat it all. Well, okay. That's the thing. I'm big and You're strong. You're not getting any. I'm going to push his big butt out of the way and get some, too. He's not going to just boss me around in the food line. <laughs> but then... <laughs> You know, Andy is just got such a great, comfortable way about him. I feel like he'd be one of those guys I could sit in the recliner next to and we would just hit it off like we'd been friends forever, even though we've only talked a handful of times in our life. And then he's a great storyteller. You know, between the stories with Brett Favre and Patrick Mahomes and things like that, I just feel like I'd have a, a grand old time. I'd be right at home. So I'm picking Big Red. 
I'm stunned. I know you I'm are. I'm stunned. I am shocked, and I am appalled. You have changed, <laughs> Chris. You have to go back and reevaluate your priorities as you approach your own 40th birthday, which is coming up very, very soon. How do you not take your guy and my guy, Aaron Rodgers? He's got scotch. He's got tequila now. I drink scotch. I drink sipping tequila as well. See, here's the thing, and Aaron Rodgers would never admit this, but I'll go ahead and say it. Other than the obvious, you know, physical differences, like he's got real skill and I don't, I think he and I are a lot alike. I think we have the same sense of humor. I think we look at things the same way. And I think one of the reasons it drives him crazy is I know how to get right into that little nugget inside of his chest and poke at it, right? Yes. Because I, I just know, I know what makes him tick. I know how he thinks. I know how he operates because I'm the same way. I think we'd have a hell of a time after he beat me up. I, but we, I you know, can the see scotch it. And the, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And, and also, he would say in a private setting – what he really thinks, what he believes. You'd find out what he thinks about the different players and what he thinks about who has the skills and who doesn't and where someone makes a good decision, a bad decision. And he wouldn't sugarcoat it. And I don't sugarcoat it. So I think we'd have a hell of a time. I, I mean, I, I actually agree with you. I think you would. You're both like very cerebral, quirky. Yes, hold a lot of things in because you want to get people back and do all that so you're right you guys would have so many snarky comments together after a few drinks who knows what the hell it had he might be happy he might by the end of that that game he'd be sitting there helping you snarky comment snarky comment paste copy and you guys would be like really best buddies it'd be unbelievable um okay I'm, I'm staying on the coach thing here a little longer just because I, I don't know those are the ones I find most intriguing I think the next one I'm going to is Sean Payton I'm going with Sean Payton. I mean, first off, I I love Sean Payton. His attitude, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Whatever kind of is in his brain, he kind of spits it out, whether he thinks it's going to, you know, cause some turmoil or not. If he believes it, he'll say it, you know. And I think he's the kind of guy, too, we sit there, we can really get into some X's and O's. I would love to pick his brain. Like, okay, they're breaking the huddle. You know, what are you looking at here? What are you expecting? All of those things, to me – He's one of the great offensive geniuses in the history of the sport. Has an edge about him like a Bill Parcells, too, where I feel like, you know, me and four-letter words and everything, I could just let it fly all day long and we'd have fun. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'd have, you know, some good New Orleans desserts. And I think Sean would kick, throw back a few drinks, too. And I like that, too. So I, I, I'm definitely putting Sean Payton towards the top of my list. Well, we saw that during the draft he had all sorts of uh... – snacks and candy yeah. items on the table you know none me. of which were nfl approved which was uh, a little a little subtle a little subtle message i could get the munchies Mike. that was circulated yeah oh absolutely you know um I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go bill belichick with mine and i'm surprised he's lasted this long on the board because if you want to know what's really happening in front of you and they say all the time you get him away from football as it relates to his own strategic interests and he's a different guy altogether. I think that, uh, you know, he would break down in expert detail everything that's happening, a full and complete understanding of why a team is doing a certain thing, why they should have done it, what they should have done differently, what they should do here, what they shouldn't do here. And and once he got going, it it would be far more interesting than anything you're ever going to hear anywhere else. I I mean, like, yes, 
I agree. But, oh, all right, the reason I didn't pick them is because I think there's a good chance you could be sitting there for three hours and nothing said either. That's that's why I picked him. He might not say crap to you. He might just sit there and keep looking at you and going on to Cincinnati, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> so that's why I didn't pick him, even though I know it would be very intriguing to, you know, pick a guy like that's brain. And, you know, one thing, one thing that happens, yeah. right? one thing that happens right. in press conferences, if you like every once in a while, he gets asked a question about some arcane football thing and he just goes for 10 minutes. I think if it's disconnected to his strategic interests, he will talk and talk and talk about football. I would agree with you with that. I, I, I felt like that way in my interview process with Bill, that he was very loved to talk about that type of stuff. And uh, he's a historian of the game, as we know. And if you've seen those shows with the NFL 100. All right, I got to go to one player here. I've been thinking about, like, who are the crazy players in football that I'd want to watch a game with? You know, I've thought of the Derwin James and the Jamal Adams and Melvin Ingrams and Jalen Ramsey's of the world, but I, 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 I got it. George Kittle. All right. George Kittle's who I want to watch the game with. I mean, first off it's constant entertainment. There's not going to be any like commercial break. I mean, it's going to be commercial. Let me talk to this crazy freaking dude over here. Who knows what he'll do. And you know, I just think we can have a lot of fun, talk ball, be silly, be guys. I mean, he's just, to me, one of the more electrifying personalities in football right now with a handful of other guys. I think Kittle kind of stands out to me. He's kind of the new age Gronk, right? And uh, I just think that would be fun just to, to be there and be around him. You know, if we were going all-time unlimited, John Madden would have been my first pick, second pick, and third pick. And I just want to mention him because, really, he's on my he list too. the way we all process and understand football. But I got to go with kind of a hybrid between Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick, and it's your guy, John Gruden, mm. right? Because he's got the depth and the knowledge, but at the same time, he's going to criticize everything he sees. <laughs> Even when it goes well, he's going to find a way to criticize and say they could have done it better than the way they did it. And he'll have that snarl on his face the whole time. And uh, during the commercial breaks, we'll go back and break down the things that had happened during the drive that just ended. So give me, give me your guy, John Gruden, uh, for uh, you know that uh, three hours or longer of sitting there watching the game and then breaking it all down after. I hear that. He'd be fun. He'd have a lot of jokes. He could kick back some beers. He'd be funny as hell. He really would. He's one of the greatest storytellers I've ever been around. You know, and that's where, I mean, we're doing this in, in light of Sean McVay, who was also on my list. McVay would be one of those guys I'd put on there, too, I mean, that we should mention. Because his play recall and all that stuff, I mean, he's kid, kid genius, as we've talked about. So, uh, yeah, there were some good names to pick from here. All right, fun draft. When we return, more fun with Rodney Harrison. Joins us for a weekly chat. We'll be back with Rodney on PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. 
Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, joining us now, and we must be careful to explain the charter member, the original member, the founding member of the 3030 Club, the good one, not the Jameis Winston one, the good one. 30 career sacks, 30 career interceptions, did it before anybody else in the entire history of the game. How is this guy not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? He is Rodney Harrison. Hello, Rodney. Good morning, because I'm a fifth-round draft choice, and they don't like me. <laughs> You're going to get there, I think there, it's man. more the second one than the first one. I don't think the draft <laughs> round has anything to do with it. I think they don't like you. Join yeah. the club. Yeah, yeah, right. Join the club, everybody. We get it. I mean, we, geez, we got to deal with you on a weekly basis. Uh, wow, it's like no, that, I mean, Chris. join yeah. the club. They don't like me It's either. like that, yeah. Um, okay, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, it's just it's great to have Rodney. Rodney, good morning. How are you? You got a different background than what we're used to seeing. We can't make fun of you for the blank white wall behind you. This time it looks very nice, very deep, very rich, very, you know, three-dimensional. I kind of like the look today. Mike, chill out. I'm in a dang on basement, all right? I'm in a basement. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> that's a nice a hell basement. of a basement. That's a pretty nice uh, you, basement. As they say, Mike, you can't hide money. That's a really nice picture in oh, the back man. there, too. What is that? After are we going to talk football or are we going to No, we're going to embarrass you a little bit first. That's what you're here for, so deal with it. So let's talk football now. Okay, we're done. Rodney, we spent some time talking about the Colts this year, and who would have ever dreamed last year at this time that Phillip Rivers would be the starting quarterback? I mean, Andrew Luck supposedly had another 10 years or more. Now it's a guy who's been around since 2004. You never played with him in San Diego with the Chargers. Drew Brees was the quarterback when you were there, but you played against Phillip Rivers. You know what it's like to face him. You've watched his career. The big question I have is which Phillip Rivers still exists is it the guy last year that had so many struggles and had seven interceptions in back-to-back primetime games or is it the guy we saw earlier in the career what 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 do you think after watching Phillip Rivers especially in recent years what do you think he's still got left as he heads to Indianapolis I think first and foremost I think he needed a change Mike I just think he needed a change of environment change of atmosphere you look at all his struggles last year a lot of it was offensive line a lot of him running for his life forcing the ball down the field trying to make something happen and you just saw the frustration, the consistent frustration of Phillip Rivers. Now he's behind one of the best offensive lines in all of football. They drafted some young guys, a young running back, a nice wide receiver. You still have T.Y. Hilton, um, Jack Doyle at the tight end spot. I think the Colts can make some noise. It, I think it's going to come down to, to their defense, but – Overall, I believe they can make some noise. Yeah, Rodney, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I want to go off of that a little bit, like with their defense, like you talked about. That to me, you got good, you got it all fixed up there. Um, is is one of the big questions with them, right? Like difference making players. They got DeForest Buckner. You know, the secondary I think is a little underwhelming, other than more. You know, what is your outlook on their defense? We know they got those stud linebackers, but oh damn, we lost them. 
There he went. Ah, oh, man. We'll get him back. Go ahead. Keep going. We'll get him back. Yeah. That, I wondered why he got up and started moving. I guess he figured something was going on. Maybe somebody's playing Fortnite in the house like you're used to. Yeah. Or, there he is. You, you, no, got, what you got us? I, was, I got frozen. My internet got frozen. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I mean, when you live in a fortress, it's hard to get an internet, you know, uh, connection <laughs> at times. But, but Chris, back to back yeah. to my Philip yeah. Rivers point. Go. I think behind the offensive line, bet between with all the young weapons that they have, T.Y. Hilton, I think this offense can be really, really good. And I think, you know, after talking to one of my buddies over there in the Colts, they're really excited about Phillip Rivers. They feel like they have a chance. They like his leadership. They like his accuracy. They like everything that he brings. And I think he's going to be really good for them. The, the defense, though, Rodney, to me, yeah, like you said, that's the question. Do you think DeForest Buckner, you know, a guy like Xavier Rhodes on the outside, I question their secondary a little bit. I don't look at that as a top-notch group maybe. But you think their defense can, can turn the corner this year and be a little bit more of a, a force? I look at their defense. I think their defense can be solid. You talk about DeForest Buckner. I think he's a huge addition. He's a guy that reminds me of an ex-teammate of mine, Richard Seymour, a big physical presence in the middle. He's really just, you know, just bringing that toughness, bringing that ability to play inside and, and just that, that ability to put pressure on the quarterback. I think that, that was a big pickup for him. Rodney, we've got Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis with a great offensive line, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay with a great set of weapons around him, receivers, tight ends, et cetera. What do you think is more important and more desired for a quarterback, to have a great line or to have a great set of receivers, tight ends, and running backs? Well, that's difficult. I think it depends, too, on um, who you are as a quarterback. If you're a, a quarterback that can't move and you need some protection, and it also depends on the scheme. I mean, if you're one of those teams that get the ball out quick and you know, you don't have to worry about like Tom Brady over the last 20 years getting the ball out of his hands quick. You don't have to worry about taking those hits. But to me, I think it's weapons, ultimately, because if you have weapons, you know, it's hard to defend all those weapons across the board. So you, you have to ask some quarterbacks. I don't know. Ask Chris. What, what would you prefer to have, Well, Chris? no, I mean, you, you said it a little bit. There's a lot of depending factors. I went with the offensive line ultimately just because I kind of just said, you know, if you're saying you know, great offense, like you're saying, might be able to get away with it. But the normal offenses, the middle-of-the-road average offenses in football – uh, I don't know if they're creative enough to get the ball out of the guy's hands and things like that to where I go. That's why I'd rather have the pass protection to let things develop down the field, have a little run game with that line up there, all those type of things. But I, I hear your logic there, too. There's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I want to go back to the Colts in the South, though, a little, Rodney. Like The South is quietly one of the more intriguing divisions in football in the AFC. You know, Titans, Final Four. Colts, we're talking about them. We know Deshaun Watson's still there. You know, how do you see it playing out down there? I look at the Colts as probably being the third best team in that division. Um, obviously, Tennessee had a, a huge year last year. I continue to look for them to get better on offense. I think they're going to be still good on defense. Um, the Houston Texans, man, to me, and I think, Mike, you brought up a, a very important point yesterday. I caught you guys show for about five minutes, but you talked about a crutch for Deshaun Watson, and that was um, DeAndre Hopkins. And I think you were spot on. I think now that he's gone, they got all these receivers, these veteran guys, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, I think it's going to make him a better, more complete quarterback because when he got in trouble, that was his crutch. It was DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to find DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to hold the ball to try to make a big play all the time with DeAndre Hopkins. So I think you were spot on yesterday when you talked about that. 
Other team in Texas, Dallas Cowboys, trying to do what they can to improve their team and loading up the defense last night, coming to terms with longtime Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin, who had eight sacks last year. He had 13 sacks just a few years before that. How big of a deal is a guy who's been around for 10 years but who has shown he could be a great leader? He was a captain in Minnesota, joining that Cowboys pass rush, giving them maybe the possibility of a rotation where they can bring in guys fresh like we've seen Seattle and Philadelphia do. What do you think Griffin's going to do for that defense? Right. I love Everson. I, I love Everson Griffin. I think he's he's um, he's been terrific. I think he's been consistent. I think he brings leadership. Once again, the ability to play inside a defensive tackle outside. He brings toughness, leadership, all those different things. And you look at Robert Quinn, 11 and a half sacks last year. They're looking. Who are they looking for? They were looking at kind of committee, pass rush by committee, Alden Smith, Tyrone Crawford. Now they don't have to worry about those particular guys. Those guys can come in and act as subs. Now you have two legitimate pass rushers they can get after the quarterback, and you have a lot of depth at the defensive line. But also don't forget about Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. I think it changes everything for those linebackers. They're so fast and athletic. The Dallas Cowboys have not had size like that in the middle of that defense, that type of beef. I think that's going to help out the secondary as well, a secondary that couldn't create any turnovers. They brought in Haha Clinton Dix to be that playmaker, and they still got some question marks on the you know outside at the corner position. But I do believe these pass rushers and all these guys up front will help that secondary, Chris. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Rodney. I think it was a, a big signing there. It really is. And you mentioned – I like what you're saying, too. You know, Mike Nolan, the new deed coordinator there, he's got a little of that 3-4 history in his background. As you know, in New England, the 3-4, you got to have big people. And you got to be able to match up against those big, overpowering offensive lines. And you're right, the Cowboys haven't necessarily had that. And if there was a weakness to the roster, you know, one, because it's an unbelievable roster they have built. You know, the one issue you looked at is kind of what Rodney brought up. You just went, who is going to be that other pass rusher? You know, Alden Smith, we can't put our, all our eggs in that basket. It's been a long time. You don't know what we're going to get from him. So to have a guy that's consistent like that, uh, that is big time for them altogether. Rodney, like, what do you think the Cowboys, new coaches, new D coordinator, Dak Prescott contract situation, you know, but got weapons around them. Do you think the Cowboys, like, rise to the top here this year? Or, or what, what do you think? Uh, what's your feel for them? Damn, he lost them again. See? We lost Rodney again. Let's take a break. We still have Rodney. We hope to have Rodney when we return. And uh, we'll talk to him about the Seattle defensive scheme. Chris talked to Derwin James, the Chargers safety, about that. We'll get Rodney's thoughts on that and more when PFT Live continues right after this. You know, to me, the two best safeties in football, Jamal Adams, Derwin James, that's where it starts. And you both play the same position in the same scheme. And I talk about this defensive scheme a lot. I was with your your D coordinator, Gus Bradley, in Tampa Bay when I was playing. I'm just interested in your view of that position and what it's what it asks you to do on a consistent basis and kind of what you have to do to, to make the defense work. I mean, you do, you do everything in that position. You gotta make the calls. I mean, you gotta curl flat, you gotta play man. You gotta be able to do a lot. You gotta be able to blitz. Like you say, you gotta not just being a strong safety. You gotta be able to play in the box. Sometimes you may gotta roam deep and just giving the quarterback and the offense different looks and just try to call cause havoc. That's Derwin James with Chris Sims. You can see the full interview at youtube.com slash NBC Sports. All right, Rodney, 
Would you have liked playing in that Seattle scheme? Several teams use it now. It can be very effective if you have the right players, and you would have been one of the right players for it. How would you have felt about playing in that kind of defense? Well, I mean, I played in multiple defenses in my career, Mike, and it wasn't just about – I mean, it was, it was doing different things, like Derwin James talked about, you know, covering the slot, playing deep, playing middle third, blitzing, playing a line of scrimmage. You know, I've seen him play linebacker. He plays all over the field. And Chris, you were definitely spot on. Those are the two best safeties in the National Football League. It's not even close, those two guys. But, yeah, I think it's fun. And I, I also believe this. You talked about me having the most sacks of, you know, of anyone in the history, defensive backs. Those two guys, one of those two guys will break my record coming up because those guys, they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and they're always they're always blitzing. Talk about, you know, your experience with different schemes, though, at the safety position. You know, just a little bit of, like, nuance of, like, you know, what New England asked you to do, you know, and what you were asked to do in your years with the Chargers. Was there some differences there, things you like, dislike, whatever? Yeah, early in my career, it was a lot of two-back, two, two back, running back. So, I-formation, I would be in the box a lot. I would be blitzing, A-gap, B-gap blitzes, eight-man in the box. But when I got to New England, you start to see a lot more three wide receiver sets. So Belichick went with more three safety looks. So he would have a, a, a smaller, more athletic guy over the slot as opposed to a linebacker. It's just different things. And, and Jamal was blessed. Jamal Adams was blessed because he was in a system where he constantly blitz. He constantly, um, the defense coordinator, took advantage of all the things that he does well. And um, you just never know what happens when you change it, when you go to a different team. But I think the most important thing is just go out there and give him freedom to do what he does best. Rodney, you mentioned earlier you were a fifth round pick. When was the moment that the Chargers recognized they had this guy who can do it all and do it all at a higher level than anyone else? Too late, Mike. They recognized too late because I didn't start to my <laughs> I didn't start to my third year. And I'm looking at the guys in front of me. I'm like, these are good players, but they're not better than me. And because one of the guys, Stanley Richard, he was a first round draft choice out of Texas, you know, and they had paid the other guy, I think Darren Carrington. And those were good players, but I just felt like if you would have given me an opportunity, a fair opportunity to compete, I could have got one of those jobs. Rodney, like, you know, with Derwin James, Jamal Adams, like, you know, we talked about they're both playing in that Seattle scheme, right? You know, it's always like eight guys at the in the box, you know, that cover three press bail type coverage. You know, I complain about it at times because I go, you know, it's a little too comfortable for the quarterback unless you have big time talent. It's a lot of the same look, the same look. And I know they have little different rules within the defense, but I would love and, – and the defense has spread through the NFL. we got a graphic on here right now. There's at least seven teams that play that scheme. You know, what are your – I don't like it. Okay, good. Go ahead. I, Go I, ahead. I, don't, I don't like it as, as far as being just the set defense. I don't want to be predictable. I think a lot of times you come down and they know that it's a three-deep zone and it's predictable. I like to move around. I love the ability to move around and, and play. And we lost Rodney again. Man, I can't Rodney believe again, it. Did we lose me? There goes Rodney again. Making up with a great point, a great point on the way. We need to take a break. Oh, anyway. there he is. Is Rodney back? He's Go back. ahead, Rodney. Keep going about you want to move around, disguise, do those things, and then you cut off. Right. As as a as a defensive back, especially some of these great players, you know, you don't want to limit what a great player can do. You want to be able to move them around. You want the quarterback to come to the line of scrimmage and guess where's Derwin at. 
You know, where's Jamal Adams at? Is he what, what is he doing over there out on the corner? You want to try to confuse and be able to move around and disguise your coverages. And I think that's the strength of what Duran James does and what Jamal Adams does. They're always disguising. They're always moving around. As a quarterback, Chris, you know better than me. The first person you're looking for is the mic and probably the strong safety because right off the top, they're going to show you exactly right. you know, what it is. Rodney, great stuff as always. Appreciate some of your time. Uh, next time you watch the show, watch more than five minutes, please. Yeah, give, give us ten minutes next time. We'll talk to you I, soon. I, I, there I, he is, I, Rodney I, Harrison. He didn't have thank a comment. <laughs> he didn't Sorry know what about the Wi-Fi. Get it we got, we got, we got to go. Get it fixed. More, oh, thank you. I'll take what I can get. More PFT Live coming right after this. It was a strange uh, afternoon on Wednesday. A report emerged that George Kittle and the 49ers are close to a deal, and the entire NFL media industrial complex rose up to say it was fake and phony and ignored it. And now here we are. Report from NFL media and others, as far as I know. It's been two hours since the show started. There may be more out there. George Kittle and the 49ers close to a deal. So it is something that's happening and it's something that needs to happen Chris this is one of the most important players on that team they need to make him happy they need to secure his future and it looks like they're about to do it yeah well I'm not shocked I mean you know you you said all the right things and you know first off yeah I know Kyle Shanahan I know what he thinks of George Kittle I mean Kittle's special you could argue Kittle's the best player on their football team let alone being one of their best example setters as far as a leader, a worker, intensity, all of those things. And then when you have a guy like Shanahan, who his offense is based around the run game, a great tight end is a great weapon with that. Is he blocking? Is he sneaking out on a play-action pass? All of those things. So I would expect him to blow uh, the current tight end contracts out of the water here. And in a season with likely no fans, or if any few, you're going to need someone to light the fire every week. And we know how George Kittle can yeah, light the right, fire Mike. of the team. He's going to be a key, key player this year for the 49ers. That's it for today. We'll see you on Friday. Everybody have a great Thursday. See ya. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.